0: Amen. Well, hey, turn to somebody next to you and tell them, happy 2018. Now, I know we are a little bit premature on this, but if you're like me, we need to go ahead and get in the habit because it'll take at least to March to stop putting 2017 on everything you sign and date, right? I mean, that's just part of it. 2018. How many of y'all thought you would see 2018? That's kind of amazing, is it not? I mean, I still remember the year 2000. Y2K. Y'all remember Y2K? If you were born after the early 90s, just Google it. It was a big deal. We all thought the world was going to end. Some of y'all are still eating off of your Y2K stockpile. You've got cans of Spam and beans, and that's what you're doing. How many of y'all remember Back to the Future? Do y'all remember Back to the Future? Marty McFly and Biff. What a great name, Biff, right? Do you remember Back to the Future 2? Do you remember where he went into the future? It was this futuristic world. Y'all remember that? Do you remember what year he traveled to? 2015. That was three years ago. We still don't have flying cars, folks. It's the craziest thing. And now here we are, 2018. Donald Trump is president. And then we also have cars that can drive themselves and cell phones that recognize you by face. Who would have thought? 2018. And here we are. The world is changing all around us, and maybe as you're looking at 2018, you're thinking about some changes too, some positive changes. Uh, Maybe you're the kind of person, you do resolutions or goals, or you have some things that you would like to achieve in 2018. Maybe you're not much of a goal setter or resolution maker, but you're the kind of person, just like, you have some things that you hope to see happen in 2018. Before we get too far down the line, though, I have a question for us that also is the title for this message. It's, what are you leaning? on for 2018? What are you leaning on for 2018? Or which way are you leaning for 2018? He you ask, what are you talking about, Steve? You're talking about lean left? You're talking about lean right? Lean back? Lean on me? Leaning, leaning, leaning on the everlasting arms? What are we talking about here? Well, I want to take you to a passage of scripture that I think is very applicable for all of us as we get ready to head into 2018. And it is Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5, 6, and 7. Familiar passage of scripture for many of you in the room. And it's all about this idea of leaning. It's written by a guy named Solomon who is the collector and writer of the Proverbs. And as he collected these things, the Bible tells us that he was the wisest man to have ever lived. That none who lived before him or since him was wiser than he was. So he gives us good words for which we are to base our life on. And we get some of that right here at the beginning of Proverbs chapter 3. So join with me in verse 5. Here's what it says. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And do not lean on your own understanding. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. Here's the first point if you're a note taker. Life leans in one of two directions. Life tends to lean in one of two directions. We get two words here in this, uh, this proverb that are very familiar to us when we say trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. But really those are two ideas that are much the same thing. Trusting means you're putting your full confidence in something. Leaning means you're putting your full weight into something. Oftentimes the Bible will even translate that word uh, leaning as relying. So it conveys this idea of what are you trusting on? What are you leaning on? What are you relying on? And then it gives us one of two directions. It says you're either going to do this for your own understanding or you're going to lean on God. Really one of two directions that you can lean your life on. And then Solomon gives us uh, what we should do. He says don't lean on yourself. Don't lean on yourself, but rather trust in the Lord. So here's my question. Why should God be the one that you lean your life on? Why should God be the one that you rely on? You probably notice that we got a couple of boxes over here on the stage, right? Now the first couple of boxes we have here, these are made out of wood. They were assembled by a master craftsman here in the church, Lynn Malcolm, who gets paid to do this kind of thing for a living. They are wood, four by four boxes, four feet by four feet, screwed into place, these boxes. Now, these are beyond my ability to lift and carry into this room. Now, I know that's surprising for many of you. You look at this physique, you think to yourself, I would think that he could lift this up by himself. And yet, I can't. Surprising. Guess I understand. But these boxes are solid, sturdy, crafted to support weight. Now, over here, we got something that's a little more my speed cardboard boxes, right? Boxes that I have. Some of y'all are still digging out from the cardboard boxes of Christmas at your house, right? We've got these cardboard boxes. And the thing about these cardboard boxes is, is I can pretty well manage these, but I can only get it as high as I can reach, which for a guy like me is not all that high. And I can get it up here and I can only get it as wide as I can get it. You think I can get one more? I think I can get one more. Here we go. Without tipping. How about that? There it is. That's about as high as I can go in my own ability. Now, what the passage of Scripture gives us is basically what are you going to lean your understanding on or your life's pathway on? So I have this ladder right here, and let's just say that this ladder is representative of kind of our life's pathway, all right? Now I've got a couple of options. I can lean this ladder on something that is sure, that is sturdy, I can get up here. Y'all know I came in here yesterday and tried this out to make sure it's going to work, right? I can lean on this because it's sturdy. Because I know it's going to hold me up. Because I know it's crafted in such a way that's beyond my ability to do on my own. Now, the other thing that I could do is I could take this very same ladder and I could try and lean on something of my own creation right over here. Y'all ready for this? I'm not gonna do it, just so you know. (laughs) I figured I'd save the church a workman's comp before we get into 2018 here. Because it would be foolish, right? It would be foolish of me to lean my pathway, my understanding, on something so faulty. Here's what the writer of the Proverbs is trying to convey to us. You have the Lord's understanding, sure, solid, beyond our understanding. You have his understanding that is greater than what you can perceive. A God who knows you better than you know yourself. And you could lean on his understanding. Or you could lean all your weight and your life's direction and pathway on something that's faulty. That's easily broken. That's frail. Unstable. So we have this choice before us. And you may say, okay, Steve, I get it. Life leans in one of two directions, so I should lean on the Lord. But how do I know if I'm leaning on the Lord or if I'm leaning on myself? What does it look like to lean in one of those two directions? I want to show you that. Let's go to verse six and let's start first with how do you know if you're leaning on the Lord? The Bible says this In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. It says, In all your ways, here's the point. Choose to know and seek God in everything. Choose to know and seek God in everything. And if you're a note taker, go ahead and underline that word everything. I chose it by design. Because here in this passage it says, in all your ways, or in every single one of your ways. It's the same word that's used in verse 5 where it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Every piece and part of your heart. In other words, it's saying, in every single one of your ways, and with all of your heart, try to know and seek and acknowledge God. Literally, I am trying to know God and seek God in all my ways and with all my heart. We have a tendency to think that God only cares about the spiritual things in our life and doesn't care about the other areas of our life. That God cares about church attendance and reading my Bible and maybe some really big life decisions. But God may not care as much about my daily interactions with my family or my visa statement or my workplace. But that's simply not true. In fact, nowhere in Scripture do you find that kind of distinction that God only cares about spiritual things and doesn't care about other matters in our life. That's illustrated for us in James chapter 4, verse 13 through 15. James is talking to some people that are looking at making some plans. He says this in verse 13, Come now you who say today or tomorrow we'll go into such and such a town and we'll spend a year there and we'll trade and make a profit. He's talking about business. He's talking about where you live, where you plan on traveling, what your timeline is. And then he says this in verse 14. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? You're a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. Because God cares about all of it. Every last piece and part of it. And he wants you to seek him and know him in all your ways with all your heart. Getting ready for this message I did a little search and I found a survey of the top 10 resolutions that people tend to make. It was done by the folks at Nielsen. They did this survey nationally and got a lot of folks to contribute there. This survey, here's what I want you to do. In the margin of your note sheet or there in your worship guide, write down one or two of what you might think these resolutions might be. Go ahead and write it down there. What do you think some of these resolutions might be? It'd kind of be like family feud. Survey says, right? Except for we're not going to call you on stage. There's no buzzer. And at the end of this, you're not going to hate your uncle, okay? So we're going to be good. Go ahead write down a couple of those things, and we've got them listed here for you. Here we go. Nielsen's top 10 resolutions. Number 10, read more. Number 9, travel more. Number 8, learn something new, get a new hobby. Apparently, the first few folks on this list have a lot of free time they're anticipating in the next year. Number 7, will not make any resolutions. Now, there's always that person, right? My resolution this year is not to make any resolutions. Yes, okay, you're that guy. We understand, all right? Number six, get organized. And just there, the conviction of the Lord fell on somebody in this room. Get organized with our lives. Here we go. Number five, spend more time with family and friends. We could all do more of that, as well as this number four, spend less and save more. And how about this number three? Enjoy life to the fullest, also known as YOLO. You only live once, so enjoy it to the fullest. And then probably the one that many of you guessed is number two, lose weight. And number one, stay fit and healthy. Apparently number two, you're trying to get to number one. Apparently number one, you're not trying to be back at number two, okay? That's kind of how it's working there, the resolutions. Now, as I put these up here and as Nielsen identifies these, you may think that's a pretty unspiritual list. In some ways, maybe it is. But can I tell you that God cares about each one of these items in our life? He cares about all of it. All of it. Every detail. Which is why he tells us, in all your ways and with all your heart, seek me. Know me. Because that's how you get the promise. And the promise in this passage of scripture is that then he will make straight your paths. When we seek him in all our ways and know him in all our ways, then we get the promise that he will make straight your path. One commentator put it this way, the result of trusting and pursuing the Lord is that he'll make your paths straight. This is a promise for God. And this is perhaps why many of us in this room, maybe we're seeking God and we're trying to get God's uh, guidance on a particular area of our life, but we're not giving him all of our life, so we're not necessarily hearing from him in a particular manner. See, unless we're willing To seek Him and know Him in all our ways, we can't expect Him to make straight our path in the way we really want Him to to illuminate in our lives. We really have to seek Him in all of our ways and know Him. That's how you know if you're leaning on God. So choose to know and seek God in everything. Well, then, how do you know if you're depending or leaning on your own understanding? Well, let's see what it says here in verse seven Be not wise in your own eyes, fear the Lord, and turn away from evil. Here's the point. Depend less on yourself. Depend less on yourself. There's a warning here. Don't be wise in your own eyes. What does that sound like? It sounds a lot like this. I'm smart enough to figure it out. I'm an intelligent person. I'm educated. I've learned from experience. I've got myself this far. I've got myself into this mess. I can get myself out. But intellect and experience and education are very, very important not discounting those things at all. Those are not the primary way that we get wisdom. According to Scripture, the primary way we get wisdom is Proverbs 1, verse 7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Or as it says here in this passage of Scripture, simply fear the Lord. Every day we should fear him and seek him in that and that when we do this, that then it will lead us to turn away from evil. I love what the NIV says, that we actually shun evil. Literally, we're turning away from it, turning our back on it, turning it off. It's the idea of repentance, that I'm no longer going to go in my way, but I'm going to go in God's way. I love what Tony Evans, pastor and author, says about this. Have you considered that maybe God hasn't changed your difficult situation because he's waiting for you to relinquish your rebellion, let go of your self-sufficiency, and lie down to him. So we have to understand that our wisdom, even our best and wisest thought, is still broken and tainted by sin, and that we need something greater than ourselves. When we find ourselves leaning on our own understanding, we need to turn that around and seek God for His understanding because we need something more sure to support us and lean on. I think about that, I think about my freshman year of college. I went to college in South Florida. I'm a big Florida State fan, but I believe God called me to ministry, so I went to a Christian school, a little school called Palm Beach Atlantic University. And our mascot was the sailfish, which is very disappointing as a mascot, I will tell you the sailfish, the fighting sailfish, and we used to compete for the sailfish cup, and the groups of guys would compete at the beginning of every year, and we were on the first day of competition. I was on this team. We were doing very well for ourselves, and we had this kind of cross-campus race slash scavenger hunt that we were on, and we had gotten our last thing, and we were at the the upper floors of a six- or seven-story building, and we had to race back to the athletic compass, uh, uh, complex there, and as soon as we got past there, we could cross the finish line and we could win the games. But we knew there was another team right behind us, so there was no time to take the elevator down from this building, so we started going down the steps, right? And because we knew the other team was right there behind us, we started skipping steps as we jumped down to try and go a little faster than them. So the first time, we jumped off the last couple and kept going. Next time, we jumped over a few more and kept going, and then I felt like they were right there, so I got the top of a flight of stairs, and like a fool, I jumped, sprawling in midair, and landed really well on my left foot, not so great on my right foot, turned it to the side, and immediately collapsed in a heap there at the bottom of the thing. I was in excruciating pain, But like an action hero, I looked at my team and said, go, forget me. I will hold them off. Win one for me, all right? And so they took off, and the other team went past, and then I felt like a fool, because I'm sitting there in the thing, and I'm like, I can't go down these steps. I can't go up these steps. I'm just gonna have to hobble along. And if you've ever been injured like that, you know you cannot look confident or like you got your stuff together when you got a busted up ankle, right? You're walking along, you're like, you know, like skipping around out there, you know, sweating. Maybe you're using some unchristian terms. Nobody would do that in this room, though, right? And here's the thing. You're, so, you're in such pain, and you're broken, and you know you can't look like you got it all together. Let me say this to you. Listen to me. We have to understand that we don't have it all together when it comes to this idea of wisdom and choosing our life's pathway. We need a support that's greater than ourselves. So like me, I had to swallow my pride a little bit, go down to the nurse's office, get me some crutches, and learn to be supported on those. Some people have said that Christianity is a crutch. Some people have said that somehow or another, Christianity is for those people that are weak and that are broken and that need something more. I would say that's probably true. Because we are weak and we are broken by sin. It's not an assault on anybody's intelligence, education, experience. You may have all those things. But listen, because of sin, we are broken. And we do need something greater than ourselves to lean on in life. And that person is Jesus. And here's the reality. We just celebrated Christmas and celebrated this whole idea of Jesus coming to this earth. And we celebrated that. But we have to understand the reason why he did that was to give us a relationship with him so that we would find greater support than ourselves. He knew we couldn't do it on our own. He knew that we needed a relationship with Almighty God and that only happens through Jesus. And if there's anybody in this room here today that you're not sure that you ever placed your faith in Jesus or maybe you just know that you haven't, Maybe at some point in your life, you had some kind of an experience, but you know nothing has really changed, and you know that you've never truly known God, then I want to invite you, today can be the day, the last day of 2017 can be the day that you start a new era in your life of depending on God and knowing Him and being in a relationship with Him. I want to invite everybody in the room and bow your heads and close your eyes right now. We're going to enter into a time of prayer. This is going to be for everybody. I'm going to talk to two different groups of people. The first group of people that I want to talk to in the room is, is the group of people that you're not sure if you have that relationship with God. You say, Steve, I'd like to depend on the Lord. I'd like to rely on him. I'd like to seek his support in my life. But I don't know him. And today, you can know him. It's simply come before him and say, God, I understand That I am broken by sin. But I also believe that you paid sin's penalty. You might wonder, what is sin's penalty? It is death. Any disobedience to God means death. But because God loved you so much, because he wanted this relationship with you, he died your death in your place on the cross. And so you come to God and you say, God, I realize that you died in my place to pay the penalty for my sin. I believe that you rose from the grave. And right now, as best I know how, I surrender my life to you and I ask you to save me. See, if you would do that today, genuinely in your heart, that God would hear you today and he would save you. So I want to lead you in a prayer. And then the words of this prayer are not magical. You just repeat what I'm saying up here on the stage. It doesn't mean anything. It's a meaningless prayer. But if you pray these things genuinely from your heart, believing God, leaning on God and asking him to save you, And I believe right here, right now, you could begin a relationship with God that will change everything. So if you're ready, pray this prayer quietly in your heart as I pray it out loud. God, I know that I am a sinner and I have disobeyed you. And I believe that I am broken. But right now, as best I know how, I surrender my life to you. I turn away from living life my way and I turn to living life your way. Forgive me of my sin and help me to grow in a relationship with you. Take all of me. Thank you so much for hearing my prayer and thank you so much for saving me. With heads still bowed, eyes still closed all across this room, If you prayed that prayer, and only if you prayed that prayer, would you just do me this quick favor? Would you just look right up here at me? If you prayed that in this room today, would you just look right up here at me? Hey, all right. If you're looking, keep looking. Okay. Okay. If you're looking, you're not the only one. What I want to tell you today is I'm excited for you. If that was your genuine decision to follow Christ's day, we are thrilled for you. And it changes everything. We as a church want to help you know what it is to take next steps. And so just a moment, what we're going to do is we're going to close up this worship service and on the edge of the stage over here, a few staff members and myself will be there and we'd love to talk with you about taking your first steps in your relationship with God. You can also take that worship guide tear off. You could check the box that says, today I'm committing my life to Jesus. Just let somebody know. So we can help you take these next steps in Jesus, in your relationship with Jesus. You can bow your heads again. Let me talk to the other group of people in this room. And that's, that's the group you've known Jesus for a long time. But as you look at your life, you know that he's maybe not the first thing on your mind when you consider your life's pathway or your direction. And maybe today is the day that we come to God and we say, God, I want you to take it all. I want to give it back to you. I want you to take 2018, and I want to rely completely and wholeheartedly on you and seek you in all my ways. If that's you, I want to pray a prayer of blessing over you, over me, and over our church family as we get ready to enter into this new year. Let's pray together. Father, we love you. We thank you that you care about us enough to care about the details of our life. That God, you don't just want the spiritual parts of us. God, you want all of us. And so right now, God, we're asking would you help us, Lord, not to lean on our own understanding, but to lean on you? God, would you help us to seek you and to know you in all our ways and with all of our heart? Father, would you help us not to depend on ourselves? So we know we're broken, God, and we need more. So Jesus, we love you. We surrender this year to you. Help us 365 days to get up and keep on surrendering day by day to you to your way, to your understanding, for your glory. We pray these things in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.